0: Welcome to the MindWalker Method with me, Tony Wake. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I trust that all is going well on your side, that the COVID scare that we're all currently going through is starting to lift and that you are starting to feel a little bit more like things are returning to a semi-normal state of being. Now, I want to prepare you for this week's episode, which is going to be a bit of a rant on my side. Because I will be discussing common sense and why it is not so common. So have a sit down, have a relax. And if you have any comments or questions or feedback that you would like to give, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to podcast at tonywake.com. And I'll be happy to answer questions. If you want to send through voice notes, you can also do that. And we can include it in future upcoming episodes if you would so like. So, let's get into common sense and why it is not so common. Now, people with common sense are seen as reasonable, down-to-earth, reliable, and practical, right? But here's the catch. Common sense is neither common nor is it sense. There's not a whole lot of sound judgment going on these days though whether it's worse than in the past, mm, I can't be so sure. Point being, it's not common. If common sense was common, then most people wouldn't make the kinds of decisions that they do every day these days, right? I mean, people wouldn't buy stuff that they can't afford. They wouldn't be smoking cigarettes or eating junk food. They wouldn't gamble. And if you want to get really specific and timely, Politicians wouldn't be tweeting pictures of their private parts to strangers. Basically, people wouldn't be doing the multitude of things that are clearly not good for them. And in my biased opinion, common sense is a contradiction. Because if we define sense as being sound judgment, then relying on experience alone doesn't usually offer enough information to draw reliable conclusions from. Simply because real sense can rarely be derived from experience alone, since most people's experiences are, in fact, limited. So-called common sense is, in my opinion, a fallacy that has been foisted upon us by our culture of ideology that prefers us to be stupid, ill-informed, and poor decision makers. I mean, let's face it. Any ideology that wants to tell us what we should think and what we should do isn't going according to common sense. If we use our elected representatives as examples, though I can't vouch for how representative they actually are, I think it's safe to say that unsound judgment, that is the absence of common sense, doesn't discriminate based on political ideology. Wouldn't you agree? The word common, by definition, suggests that common sense is held by a large number of people. But the idea that if most people think something makes sense, then it must be sound judgment, has been disproven time and time again. Furthermore, it is often people who might be accused of not having common sense who prove that what is common sense is not only nonsense, but also completely wrong. Plus, common sense is often used by people who don't have the real knowledge, expertise, or direct experience to actually make sound judgments. I told you this was going to be a rant, didn't I? The unfortunate reality is that trusting common sense causes us to make poorer rather than sound judgments. Perhaps the biggest problem with common sense is that it falls prey to clear limits of personal experience. Or we don't have any actual experience in the matter and we simply rely on what we believe to be true or what we've been told is true, what we might label as a, let's call it a faith-based sense. And I mean this in the broadest sense of the word faith. For example, when you're having a discussion about just about anything that requires for you to take a stand, be it the weather, the economy, how to raise children, sports, or what have you, how often do you hear some variation of, oh, it's been my experience that blah, 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 blah. And the person then draws a conclusion based on that said experience. How often is that conclusion wildly at odds with actual facts? I think we need to abandon this notion of this purity of common sense and instead embrace reasoned sense, which is sound judgment based on rigorous study of an issue, which also includes direct experience. I'm going to say that again. It's my opinion that we need to abandon this notion of the purity of common sense and we should instead embrace reasoned sense, which is sound judgment based on rigorous study of an issue, which also includes direct experience. Now, of course, we can't honestly do an in-depth scientific study of every topic for which we need to draw a conclusion or make a decision on. Now, in the formal sense, it's improbable to conduct a review of the literature that would include relevant theories and scientific findings to date, prepare detailed hypotheses, design a formal methodology, then to collect the data and then to employ complex statistical analyses from which we then draw the conclusion. But we can and we should, in my opinion, apply many of the basic principles of the scientific method in more informal ways to our daily lives. Now. How do we do that? Well, here are some ways in which people can engage in a more, let's call it, sensical and critical manner of thinking, whether it's for common or otherwise. I mean, what does it matter where sense comes from as long as it does truly reflect sound judgment? Well, firstly, we can begin our inquiry with an open mind. Something sorely lacking in matters both trivial, like what's the quickest route to work with the least amount of traffic, as well as substantial. For instance, how do we turn the economy of the country around? If we're not being receptive to answers that we may not want to hear, then we might as well just ask ourselves what we wish to be true and just go with that. Which is unfortunately what many people with so-called common sense do in any case, simply because it's most efficient but often wrong. Secondly, I propose that we all establish hypotheses based on what we would like to see affirmed when we are asking the questions in our lives. For example, about relationships, if I have the idea that I know she likes me, or for more important things like the economy, it's definitely picking up. For a hypothesis to be more than just a far gone conclusion, it's important to also propose alternatives to our theories. The simple act of considering that they might just be answers other than the ones that we want to hear ensures that any experiment that we conduct isn't just an exercise in a self-fulfilling affirmation or a self-fulfilling prophecy. Thirdly, we can collect a sizable sample of data that is more likely to be representative of the population as a whole. So, instead of just asking a few friends their opinions on a topic, which, let's be honest, are likely similar to your own because they are your friends, we then ask others, particularly those whom we know have opposing views than our own. Does this guarantee sound judgment? Well, of course not. But it does make it more likely that whatever conclusion is drawn will be closer to reality. Lastly, we can analyze the data as objectively as possible. I mean, let's be realistic. No one likes to see their theories disproven, right? And unfortunately, there's a very cynical saying in the sciences that go, if the facts don't fit the theory, then throw out the facts. And let's not forget about garbage in, garbage out, right? Now, this is to blame for most of the incomplete or imprecise data that gets collected. Now, the scientific method attempts to prevent both of these sayings from being realized by using statistical analysis that, at least in theory, won't allow for the intrusion of human biases. Now, the bottom line is that if we can learn to think in a more open and rigorous way, if we can be more critical in our approach to thinking, then we can draw on more accurate conclusions And we can make the best decision possible for the myriads of questions and concerns and problems that we face every day, be they mundane or impactful. And who knows, we might all just get along a little bit better as well as a beautiful side effect. Now, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Mindwalker Method, which was more of a rant than an actual plain podcast. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to meeting up with you on the next episode. If you want more information or if you're looking for more content, please go to TonyWake.com or if you're in search of life-changing courses that you can start taking that will help you to have a different viewpoint on life in general. Start empowering yourself and start getting more into the driver's seat of your own life you can go to mindwalker.co.za now as always stay safe stay strong and stay true to you